Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 29th of October. Despite Victoria recording its deadliest day of the Delta outbreak and daily case numbers still staying at almost 2,000, the state is still pushing ahead with easing more restrictions tonight. 25 people in Victoria died from COVID yesterday with 1,923 new cases. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says the high COVID deaths and case numbers show the pandemic is far from over. It just speaks to the fact that now, this is not over. It can be for people of all ages, all backgrounds, all circumstances. It can be deadly. Another wave of restrictions will ease tonight, with Victoria hitting its 80% double-dose milestone, including the reopening of retail stores from 6pm. Regional travel will also be permitted, and there'll be less restrictions at pubs, gyms and hairdressers, while entertainment venues can also reopen. To Queensland, and there are fears regional and remote communities could be forced into COVID lockdowns once state borders reopen in December. New figures show the 20 to 34 age Age group is lagging behind the rest of the state with vaccinations. While the Queensland government is especially concerned about First Nations people with vaccine rates well behind the targets. Vaccine Operations Coordinator Shane Chalepi says they're doing everything they can to protect the most vulnerable residents. We've got uh, Royal Flying Doctor Service doing outreach clinics into there. We're doing door-to-door uh, vaccinations at both Sherberg and Yarrabah and other communities. Uh, we've ensured that we've got vaccine in all of those communities, not just at the time there's a pop-up, but all the time through our health services to get them vaccinated. To South Australia now, and the state will open Australia's first COVID care centre. The hub will provide medical facilities for those who need specialist COVID care or for patients who are suffering long COVID. Premier Stephen Marshall says $5.5 million is being invested into the new centre. Now, the first of the COVID care centres will be set up right here at the Royal Adelaide Hospital. And this will give people living with COVID-19 positive infection the specialist services that they need. Staying in South Australia and thousands remain without power this morning after terrifying storms tore through parts of the state, causing widespread damage. Emergency crews received hundreds of calls for help with wild winds, lightning strikes and golf ball-sized hail raining down. The Prime Minister and French President have spoken for the first time since Australia scrapped its major submarine deal. During the call, Emmanuel Macron said the decision to abandon the agreement broke trust between the two nations, saying it's now up to Australia to propose tangible actions to redefine the basis of their bilateral relationship. Meantime, Scott Morrison departed Canberra overnight to attend the G20 summit in Rome before heading to Glasgow for the UN Climate Conference next week. And an update on the death of Australian music industry legend Michael Gudinski. It was believed the 68-year-old had died of a heart attack in March this year, but now court documents have revealed the music promoter died of mixed drug use, with 12 different drugs found in his system, including cocaine and numerous pain medications. The Mushroom Group has released a statement overnight, saying shortly before Michael's passing, he had a fall that resulted in serious vertebrae injuries, for which he he was prescribed various pain medications. 
Dr New South Wales and former Premier Gladys Berejiklian will today face the state's corruption watchdog. It comes after her former secret boyfriend, disgraced Wagga MP Daryl Maguire, yesterday faced ICAC, revealing more intimate details about their relationship. Our reporter, Michaela Savage, has more from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Gladys Berejiklian is being investigated by the Independent Commission Against Corruption to determine whether she breached the public trust during her time in office. Yesterday, her ex, Daryl Maguire, who used to be the member for Wagga Wagga, faced the ICAC, confirming the two were in a very close personal relationship. You loved her? Yes. So far as you could ascertain, she loved you as well? Yes. You holidayed together from time to time? Yes. You had a key to her house? Yes. You both, well, you, you contemplated marriage? Yes. There was discussion about potentially having a child? Yes. This morning, Ms Berejiklian is likely to be questioned about whether her relationship with Mr Maguire played a part in securing two multi-million dollar grants in his electorate. And to WA, and authorities will now deploy specialised spy planes as they step up their search for missing four-year-old Cleo Smith. Almost two weeks since Cleo disappeared from a remote campsite, police admit there are still no key suspects. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth. Tash, police remain confident of finding out what's happened to Cleo. The investigation is entering its 14th day and there are still no major developments. Around 100 campers have now been spoken to by police. Police have also followed up on more than 200 reported sightings of the four-year-old and they're making it very clear her parents are not suspects and the forensic search of their home in Carnarvon is just routine. Detective Superintendent Rod Wilde is leading the 100-strong police task force. We've got a very motivated team. I'm very hopeful and confident that we'll resolve this and find out what happened to Cleo. They're also still searching for the occupants of a car that was seen leaving the area on the night that Cleo vanished. The million dollar reward remains on offer for critical clues. Now for the latest in business and finance, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Good morning, Scott. Now, we love starting with some good news on a Friday. New figures released this morning are set to suggest we are going to avoid a COVID recession. Tash, good morning. And yeah, we'd like to start with some good news on a Friday. This is undoubtedly good news. Department of Finance, the Boffins in Canberra, have collected numbers on our personal tax and company tax numbers Turns out we paid a lot more tax over the last few months than they expected that we would. Now, that's good for the government budget, not so good for us. What it means, though, is economic activity was much, much better than anyone had dared hope, and it makes it very, very likely. It was probably going to happen anyway, but another another confirmation that we're going to skip recession, which is obviously really good for a whole lot of reasons, but what it does is it means the economy retains that confidence of reopening and hopefully means for better times ahead. But on the negative side, Scott, with those increasing pressures with inflation, especially in the US and now here, it seems low interest rates are a thing of the past. Yeah, you've nailed it. And that's the, uh, ANZ was out yesterday with some comments on that, joining another couple of big financial institutions, AMB, I think CBA might have been out this week as well. They are basically saying, look, this, this inflationary pressure that the RBA actually wants. Like it wants some inflation back in the system. We've spoken about that before. The problem is the RBA wanted the inflation then to create some wage increases, thought it would take a couple of years. It looks at the moment, if that inflation stays high, the rate rises might be pulled forward a full year from when the RBA thought it might, which was late 2023, maybe even early 2024, now as early as November next year. That means, unfortunately, for us with mortgages, we're going to have to pay a little bit more to pay off our homes in the, in the coming months and maybe maybe a year or so. Might be a good time to at least look at fixing your mortgage rate. 
And Scott, we love this story. Retail is finally back in Melbourne from 6pm tonight with red carpet and live bands on the agenda. <laughs> How good is it? That's, that's the plan, apparently. Yeah. The, uh, the shopping centre is planning for a really big welcome back to the stores. We, of course, desperately hope people do it safely, uh, but it's been a very long time. Four Melbournians uh, have been in, in and out of lockdown for what seems to well, the last 18 months, really. Um, they deserve a bit of freedom. Hopefully it comes safely, as I said. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a, a nice story. Hopefully there's some good pictures on the news and other things over the weekend, uh, getting back to the shops is, is well-deserved for Melbourneites who have really done it tough. Yeah, they certainly have. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Tash. You too. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett David. Warner struck form just at the right time at the T20 World Cup last night. Yes, he did. Good morning, Tash. Uh, fired a quickfire 65 to help Australia beat Sri Lanka by seven wickets last night. We chased down 155 with three overs to spare, but he didn't claim man of the match honours. That went to spinner Adam Zampa, who claimed two wickets, two for 12, and 12 dot balls. Skipper Aaron Finch has told Fox Sports it's well-deserved. It was a really good performance. I thought Sri Lanka got away to a fly with the bat, and the way that Adam Zampa in particular was able to drag that back through the middle, and then Mitchell Stark to have a real impact. And a stunning backflip from Quinton to Cock overnight the South African cricketer declaring he's not a racist and would be more than happy to take a knee if it helps to educate others. He refused a team demand to kneel, opting to pull out of their World Cup match against the West Indies earlier this week. In some Sheffield Shield news, Marcus Harris has a big chance to impress selectors when Victoria returns to the crease against New South Wales on day three this morning. The opener resumes on 41. The Vicks are one for 75, holding a 175 run lead, while Usman Khawaja underlined his case for Ashes selection with another century for Queensland against Tassie in Townsville, Tash. And this is a massive story, Brett, set to have implications across a number of codes. A former Eagles player is seeking $10 million in damages from the AFL. Well, the AFL's own concussion experts told Daniel Venables in August this year it was medically unsafe to continue playing. While the Premiership player took their advice, he's decided to retire. He's now seeking compensation. He suffered a devastating concussion in a game more than two years ago when he was just 19, and Venables has revealed the crippling effects he deals with every day. There's not been a second since that incident where I felt good. I have head pain, eye pain... <clears throat> neck pain and jaw pain every day. I didn't have a concussion. I had a traumatic brain injury. That audio there, thanks to Channel 7. And Carlton is now on the verge of approving regular uh, screening before a, a concussion. So this is a preventative measure for every player on their list, Tash. And another Wallaby star has pulled out of the spring tour, Brett. Yeah, Quade Cooper felt compelled to remain at his Japanese club. It's a big call. He's 33. We have the World Cup next year, so no guarantees he gets back into the side. He joins Sean McMahon and Samu Karevi in choosing club over country. Coach Dave Rennie says young playmaker Noah Lolasio will make a mad dash over to the UK. So he's been training every day, so his body's great. He's keen as, so uh, we'll get him on the plane as soon as we can get you know the appropriate paperwork sorted. And another incredible performance from Josh Giddy in the NBA yesterday, becoming the second youngest rookie ever behind LeBron James to dish off 10 assists as Oklahoma City beat the Lakers yesterday. That is, of course, LeBron's team, but he was not playing, Tash. Another big week in sport. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
and super spreader and dad bod are just some of the latest words to be added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. This year, 455 words have been officially recognised and added with coronavirus, online culture and tech words making up the bulk of the new additions. Slang abbreviations like TBH, which means to be honest, and FTW, apparently it means for the win, have also been included. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.